Now, I have a guess um, that Joseph is 25 or 26 years old. He could be younger. We know that he is promoted to be prime minister when he's 30. We know he spends two years in prison after he interprets the butler and baker's dream. And we know there was a period of time before he met them in the prison where he was um, promoted to basically run the prison for the, for, the, um, for the warden of the prison. And so I don't know exactly how many years Joseph was in prison. The Bible is silent. Um, but I'm going to guess he's in his mid-20s, 25 or 26, when this event happens. He has been Potiphar's slave for, since he was 17 years old. He served Potiphar for eight or nine years. And he has advanced to be the chief steward of the household. He tells, he tells um, Potiphar's wife, My master wadeth not or knoweth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me. Joseph had complete freedom. To be in this house, to manage this house, and take care of Potiphar's things. Joseph was hundreds of miles from home. His family, his, well, his brothers know he's alive, but um, they're not sure he's alive because he could have died as a slave. But he's hundreds of miles from home, working alone in Potiphar's house, has, every access, has access to every part of the property. And so we could plainly say that Joseph had every opportunity to sin. Potiphar's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. She flirted with her eyes. She was very forward. She said, lie with me. And she was tenacious. She spake to him day by day. She didn't give up her pursuit. And she was aggressive. She caught him by the garment saying, lie with me. And every time she flirted, Joseph refused. Now, wisdom would say, if you were a free man, um, you know, to get a different job. But when you're a slave, um, you really can't go and get a different job. But Joseph refused every advance that this woman made. God is holy, and he expects his creation to be sexually pure. In his commandments, he says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And Jesus said that if a man looks on a woman and lusts after her in his heart, he's committed adultery with her already in his heart. And so we have a holy God who expects us to live sexually pure. And according to 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, because God is faithful, we are capable of escaping every temptation. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Joseph wasn't the first man to face this kind of temptation.
And he wasn't the last man that faced this kind of temptation. But the God of Joseph is, is the God of every born-again believer. And he is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now, God's love for us does not allow him to control our will. You were not made a robot um, before you were saved, and you're not a robot after you're saved. Resisting temptation is our great opportunity to love him with all of our heart. It's our great opportunity to love him with all of our heart. We notice Joseph's comment, forceful comment to Potiphar's wife. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He believed that committing adultery with Potiphar's wife would be an offense to the God who had blessed him and who had loved him and who was guiding his life. And so every time we resist a temptation to sin, and not just sexual temptation, any temptation, it's an opportunity for us to express our devotion to the Lord. Now, our Savior faced and defeated every temptation. He was a man. He lived in a man's body. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 and verse 15, that he was, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So our Savior was victorious over every kind of temptation, including sexual temptation. And we are invited to come boldly unto his throne to find grace. That's unmerited favor and mercy to help in time of need. Temptation targets three areas. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so temptation targets our flesh, our fleshly desires. Our fleshly desires. Now, all of our natural desires in and of themselves are not sinful. but um, Satan will target our fleshly desires. He targets the lusts of our eyes. And often um, sexual temptation is linked to the eye gate and the pride of life. And we are really seeing in our generation a, an obstinate heart that says, I can live any way I want to live. I can do whatever I want to do. 
And so Satan, he tempts uh, this rebellious nature that is in the heart of man. Now, I just want you to go to Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is tempted by Satan. Now, he's not being tempted sexually, but I think um, <coughs> we can learn from the temptation of Christ here in Matthew 4. Um, things that will help us live in a moral way, in a pure way, in a sexually pure way. Here in Matthew chapter 4, Satan is tempted three times by Satan. And his first temptation is to tempt him in his, phys in his physical desires. Jesus has been without food for 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan says, why don't you turn these stones into some loaves of bread? You're hungry. You're God. Feed yourself. Now, there was nothing wrong with um, Jesus' desire for food, but it wasn't the time for food. It wasn't the time for food. And when we think of sexual desire, it is a created desire that God has created for the marriage relationship. It's not an evil desire, but it is a desire like Satan is trying to exploit the desire for food here in Matthew chapter 4. Satan will try to exploit this physical desire. Notice in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, we learn from this passage of Scripture that when we're tempted, our, our, the sword of the Word of God is our weapon to fight back against Satan. Um, in this confrontation with Satan, Jesus was tempted in the area of his physical desire. He was hungry. Hunger is a God-given desire, but it wasn't the time for him to satisfy his hunger. Sexual desire is a God-given desire created for marriage. It is a powerful force that Satan seeks to exploit. <clears throat> to live sexually pure, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Humanity's struggle with sexuality, highlights humanity's sinfulness. It highlights humanity's desperate need for Christ's forgiveness, Christ's imputed righteousness, and Christ's resurrection power. We cannot live purely and wholly without the power of Christ resting upon our lives. We need His power. He died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. And through that crucifixion work and through the resurrection, God has given us power 
over sin. We can't face um, the issue of purity in our own strength. We have to face it in the strength of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Um, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8 deal with the great power we can find in Jesus Christ to overcome sin. We also know to live sexually pure, we need the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Um, Psalms 119 verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The word of God will help us to fight off Satan's attacks. So, um, and then we also see here in, in Matthew chapter 4, the next temptation, um, notice it in verse 5, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Was it within God's power for Jesus to jump off, to skydive off the temple and have the angels swoop down and pick him up? Yes, that was within his power. But God said um, not to tempt the Lord thy God. I think there's a great application here for purity. Um, Proverbs chapter 6. Um, look, over, look over in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6. This, this statement in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 27 is, is kind of like if you jump off a... a you know, if you jump off a high rise, um, you're going to go splat. Well, look what it says in Proverbs 6 and verse 27. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Now, the only reason Joseph survived this temptation was. He had a very stiff arm against Potiphar's wife. He was very straight in his communication. He was, he was very careful. It says in, in that one verse, he didn't lie with her and he, he wouldn't be with her. You know, if, if, if she said, just, just come have coffee with me. Just come have tea with me. You know, you've been working hard all day. Let, let's just talk. But Joseph, he didn't take fire in his bosom. He didn't get close to the source of the temptation. And we are tempting God if we live in this world without boundaries, protecting ourselves from pornography. Do you have any accountability software on your devices? A computer device, a phone device, any kind of device like that is a gateway 
that Satan can use to bring you down. And there's, you know, we just heard Pastor Fury at the men's retreat. He doesn't have a web browser on his phone. Why? He doesn't want the source of the temptation. My wife gets pictures of what I look at on my phone. That's, that is accountability. Um, that is a protection. And I believe if you don't have, you know, teenagers, there's ways that your parents can lock your phone down so that, so that you're not going to be tempted by bad stuff on your phone. Apple has, a, Apple has a setting where there's certain things I can't do on my phone unless Mrs. Mackay puts a code in to give me access. You say, Pastor, you're 52 years old and you've got to get your wife to put a code in? I, want to, I don't want to play with fire. And folks, the, the, this, this world um, has got all sorts of gasoline just ready to pour on to um, a God-given desire. But guess what? The fires that the devil starts will ruin your life. They'll ruin your life. And so um, don't tempt the Lord thy God by living carelessly with, um, with, with all of this media. Um, you know, you shouldn't be scrolling through um, TikTok and WhatsApp. Not, not, not WhatsApp, but, um, you know, what's that other one? Instagram. Guys, you, you don't need it. You don't need it. There's all sorts of things that are going to be tempting to you in those places. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. Another thing, um, there's no reason to be with a person of the opposite sex sex unless you're married or related to them and dating now dating and courting should be carried out with many safeguards in place you know you shouldn't you shouldn't just you know go off alone when you're dating or courting you should be in public places you should be where there's um people to see what you're doing and um our our, our young people always had a chaperone and um, one of the best things about the wedding day is it's the first day without a chaperone. But guess what? You can't, you can't mess up sexually if you never have an opportunity to mess up sexually. Don't play with fire. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. There's no reason to build a friendship or carry on electronic communication with the person of the opposite sex. There's no reason. Um, when I text a, a lady, my wife is in the text thread. Now, sometimes, sometimes a text will come back, and then I got to add my wife in. Um, it's not a perfect science, but that's my pattern. That's my pattern. That's the pattern I want. And um, you know, sometimes you'll have a group a group chat when you're on um, on an Apple phone, but you'll send it out to people that don't have an Apple phone, and then. When they send the checks back, it's not in the group text anymore. And then you've got to add another person back in. So it's, it's not a perfect science, but I think it should be something that we should strive for to be accountable in all of our electronic communications. A lot of affairs and a lot of things that get messed up in this world start on these phones and start in unaccountable um, 
um, relationships. Don't play with fire. And um, young people, children, teens, ask God for a a holy. Um, how do you say it? Naivety. Naivety. Yeah. Just ask the Lord. Lord, help me not to go down the curiosity trail learning about sexuality. There will come a time when it's about time to get married. You've been, you've been dating, you're engaged, and you're going to be married very soon. That's the time to start learning about sexuality. And until then, just ask the Lord, Lord, protect my mind, protect my heart, protect my mind. Let's not, let's not go down that road until it's time to go down that road. Satan, one of, one of the things Satan's doing in this generation is sexualizing children and teenagers long before um, they could ever get married. And it's a shame. And it's a travesty. And so, um, and we learn from Joseph Joseph made the decision in his heart. And you can have all sorts of rules and boundaries. But if you don't make the decision in the heart, you're not going to stay pure in this world. You've got you've to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be pure. I want to do right. I want to I do what's right. I want to please you. And you've got to desire that with your whole heart. Um. We also see the last temptation of Christ was for Jesus to bow down and worship Satan. And Satan promised Jesus that he could rule all the kingdoms of the earth. He obviously didn't know the story because the Bible says that one day Jesus will rule all the kingdoms of the earth. And um, he is the sovereign God. So, in fact, he is ruling, but he's not ruling Satan's kingdom. But... Um, don't believe that you can worship the devil and his morality and you will end up being happy. The devil is a liar and he is a murderer and he is seeking whoever he can devour. You know, the devil's out there trying to get girls, young girls, to become boys and boys to become girls. You don't have to go very far on YouTube to find some poor 18, 19, or 20-year-old that said that was the biggest mistake of my life. That was the biggest mistake of my life. But the devil and this world is just trying to make those kind of decisions attractive. But all of Satan's apples have razor blades in them. All Satan's temptations are to destroy. He is a liar. And he is a murderer. And if you choose to worship Satan's plan, guess what? It will lead to destruction. It will lead to destruction. We see that in Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. This man thinks that he can, he can go with the strange woman. But the Bible says in verse 20, he goeth after her straightway. As an ox goeth to the slaughter. That doesn't sound very fun. 
Verse 23, till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she has cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. If we follow Satan, guess what? All of his temptations lead to destruction. Now, just go with me to James chapter 4, James chapter 4 and we'll just we'll just look at this scripture that's been a key scripture as we're looking at Joseph's life. Look at verse 6, but he giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. We need God's grace for forgiveness. Where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. God is ready to forgive us and to clean us up. We need grace. We need grace to live purely in this world. We need God's grace for forgiveness and for living sexually pure. We need to be humble. It says here in verse 6, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. We need to recognize our weaknesses. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Let's humble ourselves before God and ask for his help and ask for his grace. We also see here, um, submit yourselves therefore to God. And resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We need to submit to God's rules governing morality. And we need to submit to God's wisdom that protects our morality. You can know all the rules of God's morality. You can desire those rules, but if you live carelessly, um, you're not going to be protected. So we need to be protected by God's wisdom. We need to resist the devil with the truth of the word of God and with the power of the gospel. What also says here, we need to draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. In the Lord's Prayer, it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God wants us to pray for deliverance from evil. Pray and ask God to protect you in this world and protect your purity. Every young person, pray and ask God, God, protect my purity. Lord, I need your help. I need your help. And then it says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You may need forgiveness. You may need to confess your sins and ask the Lord to forgive you. He is ready to forgive if we will confess. 
And I think this is a great promise. Some people might listen to a message like this and say, Pastor, you don't know how far I've gone down the wrong road in these areas. But 1 Corinthians, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God can, God, can, God can forgive you, but God can also help renew your mind. We can cleanse our hands by asking forgiveness, and we can cleanse our minds by renewing our minds in the Word of God, by praying for a renewed mind, by filling our mind with God's truth. We can have a clean and renewed mind. And so, Joseph had every opportunity to sin, but he expressed his love to God by walking purely. And we can too. And we have, we have God's word and we have the power of the gospel to help us. Let's pray together this evening. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Joseph. That he resisted temptation. He resisted temptation. We thank you for Jesus. That he was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet without sin. And we thank you for the gospel. That even though humanity struggles. With sin. Jesus died on the cross so that we can be forgiven. And he rose again so that we can have victory in our lives. And Father, um, you can take us wherever we're at, wherever how broken we are, and you can clean us up, and you can give us a new life and a new start. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, that your grace is greater than all of our sin. God, I pray for every, every young person, every young adult, every married person, every person at every stage of their life, that they would pray, Lord, deliver me from temptation. Lord, help me to live wisely. And Lord, help me to love you supremely. Father, please um, take these truths and work them into our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The piano will play. God has spoken to your heart tonight.